hello everybody and welcome to Richard's Radio Adventures. Uh, welcome back again. Uh, it's, uh, we're doing our best to keep things going around here and uh, get y'all some content that y'all can use. I have spent two hours this morning trying to get the uh, microphone reset where we got rid of that annoying hiss that we've been uh, coming up with lately. Up to and including reinstalling the driver for the audio on this particular computer. I would like to remind each and every one of you that Windows is a virus. Windows is a virus. Don't forget, Windows is a virus. I hold to that. It's always been an issue ever since Windows came around. Problem problems and problems on top of problems with Windows. However, I never noticed it as much until I moved over to the Linux operating system, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years ago. And now, because I'm having to use a Windows machine, it's a virus. It is definitely a virus. All right, so now I've whined about Windows and we know that we're up and going. So let's get on our way. As uh, a few of you probably know, uh, every so often, being a good uh, podcast host, I go out on the search engines and Google the show, Google my call sign, uh, this, that, and the other. And some of the things I came up with recently, I could probably use some help with, and some other stuff might be helpful for you. The thing I'm finding is that we are gradually, but not very quickly, moving up the search engine results. And we're talking about on the big three, Google, Yahoo, and, oh, what is that other one? Bing. Yeah, uh, another virus. But we are very, very slowly moving up. So here's one of the things I'd like to request of my loyal listeners. If you have something on the Internet, a blog, uh, some sort of website, uh, you're on Facebook or one of the other social media sites. Most importantly, if you have a website of some sort, please add a link to our show. Please add a link to our show. That's one of the ways you can help show your support for Resonant Frequency Amateur Radio Podcast and Richard's Radio Adventures. Because it turns out the way the algorithms are over on some of the search engines now, one of the big things is how many backlinks you have to your site. So if you put a link for us on your site, uh, that's another backlink. Now, I'm not hitting y'all up for free on this. I mean, if you have articles related to amateur radio and stuff, I can go over and take a look at them if I find that they're, they fall within what we have going at Resonant Frequency and Richard Radio Adventures. I can go ahead and post a backlink to your site for that article and that kind of stuff. Just something to think about. Something to think about. And, um, hopefully we'll be able to, uh, get ourselves back up. You know, there was a time when Resonant Frequency was on page one. Every time you pulled up Google, you type in amateur radio podcast and there was resonant frequency, the amateur radio podcast. Well, I'm not looking for that with Richard's radio adventures because this is a little less, less of a show than that one is, was, is, am. So 
I'm just asking for a little help, y'all. So one another thing that I found while I was out browsing, trying to see where we stand in the search engine ranking, is I noticed that we are on a large number of the, uh, what do they call it, podcast aggregation sites and or streaming media, music sites, and that kind of stuff. And I'm going to try and compile a list of where we are available to get them to you. Right off the top of my head, I know that we're available at Spotify. We're available at iHeartRadio. We're available at, of course, iTunes. I still can't figure out if we're available at Google Podcasts, but I'm trying to check into that. I have also made an attempt to contact everybody that has an app for podcasts. You know, you put them on your phone, you pick out the ones, you, you know, run them. Uh, I'm trying to find those that have apps that are particularly pointed towards the amateur radio community and make sure that we get the shows on there. I'm doing what I can to try and make it easier for all of you to be able to get the show and listen to it if you should choose to do so. We are still looking for folks to help us out over at Resonant Frequency and Richard Radio Adventures. I'm looking for people that uh, are on the social media side. Where are we? We are at Facebook, MeWe, Twitter. We have a fairly large Discord server over at Discord, if y'all want to check that out, but we do need help with, you know, posting stuff. You know, I can't get everywhere and get everything posted that needs to be posted. It's like I've told y'all before, at the moment, it is uh, a one-man, one-gnome, and one-ganesha show, and quite honestly, the other two guys, they don't do a whole lot of work. They just kind of sit around, and, well, occasionally, Norman doesn't sit around. He lays up under the furniture because he's been drinking. But that's the thing. We uh, need a little help with that. We're also, as we approach, continue to approach the relaunch of Resonant Frequency's Amateur Radio Podcast, we're going to need help. I actually exchanged a couple of emails with Bill, K9WKA, the last night. And Bill's doing well. We do miss Bill. He was a lot of help around here, but he used to do all our show notes for Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. And as y'all know, my attempt at show notes is pretty horrible. <laughs> if you feel that you might be able to help out in some of these ways, I'm also looking for some of those ladies out there, some of those lady amateur radio operators out there. Uh, we need some short voiceovers, meaning I need them to record themselves saying some stuff. Uh, it's about uh, an intro to the show and some kind of credits at the end. If I had a way to give y'all all the places and social media and stuff like that that we're on at the end of the show, I wouldn't have to take up so much time at the beginning to try and get y'all to motivate that direction. We're also looking for a way to uh, get our donations up. There is a PayPal link on the website if y'all want to go that route. 
I tell you we don't do advertising. We do are part of the Amazon affiliate program, so we do have some links to Amazon. If y'all go over there, you click through on one of the links from us, you go to Amazon, well, it doesn't matter what you buy, we get a little little piece of that at uh, the show here to help with server fees and all that other stuff. Well, now we've done a 10-minute commercial, and I probably shouldn't keep on wearing on it. I need to get all that information in one place so I can get it to y'all a whole lot quicker because I think three minutes would probably be better than 10. So this time, I think what we're going to talk about is recently I was doing the weekly, checking the search engines and that kind of stuff, and something popped up while I was uh, doing one of the searches, and it caught my eye. And it was concerning an article written by a gentleman up in uh, oh, in Utah. Uh, his name's uh, Bob. And I can't quite get his call sign right offhand, but I, I'm sure we'll get it included here somewhere. However, uh, Bob Bob lives up in Syracuse, Utah. He's just south of Ogden. He pinpoints it as 30 miles north of Salt Lake City. He does live in a really nice-looking housing addition right next to the Lesser Salt Lake. Well. Everybody calls it the Great Salt Lake, but uh, y'all take a look uh, at it on Google Maps. She ain't what she used to be. However, uh, he lives, he could probably see it from his backyard, the uh, Lesser Salt Lake. He wrote an article, and it ended up, everybody lost their mind over this article. And where I picked it up was over at the Hackaday. The uh, headline there is, Ham Radio Needs to Embrace the hacker community now more than ever okay there's uh, some issues with that we'll get back to it anyway i'm not going to read all both these articles to y'all because that would just take more time than we have here let me uh give y'all a little snippet it starts out like this as many a radio amateur will tell you ham radio is a hobby oh, i hate that word with many facets as many facets as there are amateur radio operators. It should be an exciting and dynamic place to be. But as those who venture forth into it sometimes sadly find out, it can be anything but tightly knit communities, the way clicks happen, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'll put a link in the show notes so y'all can go read this, which is actually an excerpted opinion on Bob's actual initial blog post so um yeah and bob is kj7nzl yay bob so i got to reading that and it intrigued me i got to looking around and quite honestly when you go back and you google bob's call sign Every single thing that comes up is a link to his original article or where it was reposted. Now, after doing a little research over at Bob's site, it's a bare minimum website. It could have been possibly hand-coded. And if that's the case, I can understand why he doesn't have anything like a basic comment section over there. And it's mostly, okay, it's not a bad site. 
for one that was hand-coded. But Bob, if you're listening, for the love of God, discover WordPress. Everybody's discovered WordPress. Doggone it. So the actual name of his article is Ham Radio Needs to Embrace the Hacker Community Now More Than Ever. It was written back in November of 2020. And it starts off with an open letter to amateur radio operators. He goes down through there and uh, bashes the fact that we participate in public service like everyone who has an issue with having to pay the bill. And then it goes down and it's bad that uh, people don't want to push the limits of RF technology anymore like we used to and blah, blah, blah. Well... Quite honestly, let's do this. Why does everybody automatically attack public service? That's how we pay the bill. And we haven't been paying the bill. We've been falling down on the job. And that's why we now have to pay for our licenses. It won't be too long before they start auctioning off our radio frequencies. But I'm not going to go off into that. There's a couple of shows about me talking about that. And that's the thing. If we don't prove our worth, then we're going to start paying for and losing. We're going to be getting less for more. But it goes on basically that this guy, apparently, he has had an issue with his local club or something. I really don't know. It doesn't elaborate on that. Sadly, yes, we have to do public service. We And most clubs are public service oriented because they have to... Like I said, pay the bill. Now, sometimes they get perks and stuff. Yeah, whatever. But the whole point is that it's another incident of something for nothing. But looking at this article generally, and like I said, I don't want to get too far into the article. The first third of this article is him complaining about public service, by trying to get everybody a good definition of what he considers hacker, and quite honestly, uh, oh lord, you know I've been improvising all my life, my grandfather taught me to improvise, my father taught me to improvise, uh, take stuff that might not be any good and use it for something else where it might be some good, okay, there you go. The middle third of it is pretty much an ad for SDR radio. There's two videos in there. There's a big picture of a piece of uh, SDR radio equipment in there. It's an ad for SDR, mostly the middle third of it. Then at the end, he talks about, and after all the going on he did about hackers in the community and we really need to get things going and we should be working on digital nut modes and blah and blah and blah. There's a paragraph down towards the bottom of this thing where he actually gives his information for a YSF reflector called Radio Hackers that he was the person in charge of. And somewhere else on the website, I believe, I found where he still has this information here in this article, but he shut that down due to apparently lack of interest. So Bob's one of these guys that's just out there throwing some complaints. He's apparently not doing anything in the amateur radio community. 
one of the uh, one of the paragraphs has to do with the lambasting of I get on Reddit. Well, I've told y'all about Reddit. I get on Reddit. All I hear is people talking about public service. For the love of God, we got to pay the bill. And number two, yeah, the uh, amateur radio subreddit. That's where the freeloaders hang out, man. We talked about freeloaders a couple episodes ago. That's where the freeloaders hang out. If you show up and ask anything that might concern anything about public service, these guys, they'll rip you to shreds. In fact, y'all can go over to the website and see where I had to respond to some attacks because they came over to the website and started messing with me. So here's what I have to say to Bob. Bob, number one, you don't have a single antenna up at your home. Not one. You want to get on SDR radio. SDR radio is fine. In fact, I am actually working through hotspots via DMR, D-Star, and YSF here at my location. The difference in my case is I live in a one-bedroom apartment in a retirement apartment complex. If I had a big old house on the edge of the Lesser Salt Lake, you bet I'd I mean, I had wire all over the place when I had a house over in Balt Springs, Texas. Three poles, no waiting. So, you don't even have an antenna, a visible antenna up at your home. So, all you want to do is get on the internet. Now, other episodes I've talked about that. When you start tying communications to infrastructure, you start having problems, quite honestly. But, back in the 70s, when I was going to school, public school, about once a week, every other week, we would have an emergency drill, duck, a duck and cover drill, because, you know, Cold War was still lukewarm, and we were worried. Now we know that the stuff they had us doing back then really probably wouldn't help you other than you wouldn't see it coming. But there are still bad people out there, and this ties us back to public service again. You know, we've had domestic terrorism, There are rogue nations out there that have nuclear weapons. And I will give you a, for instance, that I heard a long time ago that is still pertinent today, even though we don't think about it. If one of these nations was able to lob a nuclear warhead into the U.S. and get over the city of Dallas, Texas, if that device was detonated about 20 miles above the city of Dallas. I think uh, what they were talking about is the yield would probably have to be about 15 megatons. It wouldn't destroy everything, but it would kill every piece of electronics for 100 or more miles around. In fact, anything that was attached to the electronic that was in Dallas would be end up with an EMP even further out than that. Now, Dallas used to be one of the worldwide hubs, internet hubs. It's where a bunch of the network stuff came together. I don't know if it's still that way or not. I haven't checked in years. However, considering uh, we do have a pretty serious 
amount of technology going on here in this area and a lot of military contractors and that kind of stuff, it wouldn't surprise me if it still does. So tying your communications to infrastructure, it's okay if you want to sit around, have a cup of coffee, and talk with your friend, uh, I don't know, Randy, Fred, garbage. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. We'll get back to garbage. And that's all fine and good. However, I made my case where public service and some of the issues, both directions, are in a recent episode. And I'm not going to launch off into that. But the thing about it is, if we need to communicate for the good of the public, and the internet is down, and the phones are down, and all we got is our radios, we are not going to do it on the internet. The internet will not be working Yes. Now, I say this because, and I'll repeat this piece again, that even cell phones in a minor emergency go down. I mean, it was few years back in Richardson, Texas, Richardson, Plano, that the power went offline. Everybody immediately walked outside the building, got on their telephones to continue what they were doing or to call somebody to let them know or to call them, uh, call their family and tell them they were okay or whatever. And the phone system went down due to the overload. There was a bombing on Christmas Day up in, uh, I think it was Memphis. Might have been Nashville. Anyway, there was a bombing Christmas Day. The guys there on the ground are going to be using radios. SDR ain't happening for them. We could even lose our repeaters if something catastrophic happened. So the guys that have never been on anything but a repeater are not going to be able to communicate. This thing really turns my crank because it's another attack on public service. It's an, and I really need to dial it back into what the article's about, but it's another attack on public service. It's a freaking ad for SDR radio, and it's a paragraph about a YSF reflector that doesn't even, that is taken offline. Oh yeah, he took it offline February 11th due to lack of interest, I guess. But let's dial this all in. The thing that's amazed me about this one thing is that it is, is a definite indicator that the me, me, me generation has finally come of age and started to enter amateur radio. The word, you know, the words we've heard over the years is that ham radio is dying. Well, I've been hearing that ever since I started to, or got my first license. And this is actually the title of the thing really shouldn't be ham radio needed to embrace the hacker community now more than ever. What it needs to be is that the hacker community needs to embrace ham radio, uh, ham radio more than ever. Now I'm going to go back and touch on some points that are in this article real quick because we are running short on time. But basically it's this guy talking about amateur radio used to be inclusive. We used to go ahead and build our own rigs and antennas. Well, he ain't got no antennas at his house. But go in and build our own stuff. We used to take technology and use it for other purposes and even make it better than it was to begin with. And the one thing I need to remind old Bob of 
is that, well, we've been doing that. Ask Marconi, ask Hurt, Faraday, DeForest, even Samuel F.B. Morris, who probably never operated a radio, but we really did use his system of communication for quite a bit. And even guys like Tesla. You know, we have a rich tradition in amateur radio. We have always gone and made things better. If we didn't have a way to do it, we created a way to do it. You know, the guys at Bell Labs and the guys over at Texas Instruments that uh, were driving for people over at Raytheon today, they're still, still creating and improving. And a lot of those guys I've come into contact with because they're radio operators. I posted uh, an episode of Richard Radio Adventures that was a lament for Whit Griffith, one of my Elmers, who spent years working at a place called Continental Electronics. Continental Electronics was this little building, little warehouse building, over in a suburb of Dallas, and what they did was they built, designed, and even manufactured tubes for commercial broadcast. He had a picture of himself standing next to a Klystron tube that was twice his size. And he was one of the most loved amateur radio operators in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So, Bob, get you some antennas, get you HF rig. Oh, yeah, I forgot garbage. Now, that's something else you have to wonder about this guy. He lives in this, what appears to be a fairly expensive home. He doesn't have any antennas up anywhere, and his dog is named Garbage. But I guess this whole episode is pretty much about the fact that something so stupid and so simple as a fairly well-written attack on the amateur radio community can explode on Internet. There are hundreds of places it is posted out on Internet. And let me say this. Um, I can't... I hate to say it, but I have to kind of agree with Bill, NE4RD, over at Linux and Hamshack. Uh, This guy apparently has had a bad experience. He's got a lot of butt hurt, and he's just going to have to get over it. But it's another example of how something so stupid can turn into a big deal, because we have the me, me, me generation coming into the hobby. So... That probably sounded like a whole lot of nothing, but what I and Bill and another gentleman on my Discord server do agree about is that the hacker community doesn't realize that we're the original hackers. Amateur radio is has been we've been hackers longer than they've been hackers, and I'm talking about not the guys that tear up computers. I'm talking about the other stuff. And quite honestly, I could spend another thirty minutes. Well, let's let's do this real quick. We'll do it real quick. Uh, in my amateur radio experience, I've used Commodore 64s that were never designed for it to run packet radio, ready, other digital modes. I have built sound card interfaces for my computer when commercially available ones weren't really, weren't really that available. I have soldered wiring to get radios back working when they had problems. I have built my own coaxes. I don't buy prefab coaxes. 
unless I'm absolutely sure I'm getting them from a quality source. I've built my own HF antennas. I have had commercially built VHF and UHF antennas. However, that most of the time I bought them second hand. I've built J poles. I have. I'm currently working with with um, Raspberry Pis as far as, as far as my hotspots for DMR and the other stuff. And actually, since it's Linux based and even better than that is Debian based, I'm able to get in there and change things that I wouldn't normally be able to change straight from the dashboard. I have learned several computer languages in the past. I have attempted to learn more. I have, man, on top of all that, I'm out here on the internet uh, doing a show. And it's because I'm an amateur radio operator. Yes, I've had a, a thing about electronics since I was a little kid. My father used to buy me those, uh, what do they called them, um, Radio Shack Science Fair kits, the Crystal Radio kits, and the 151 Project kits and all that stuff, you know, components on a piece of cardboard that had some springs on the end that you plugged wires into and all that stuff. I've spent hours and hours and hours of my childhood sitting in the dark with a shortwave receiver listening to radio stations from all over the world. Quite honestly, man, I understand that you want more interaction and communication, but quite honestly, you need to find a different bunch of radio operators to hang around with. That's the bottom line. If you're tired of public service, public service, public service, and you want to get out and do some uh, actual hands-on working with radio equipment, you need to get your butt out there and find some other radio operator. Get off your freaking repeater. Get off your freaking digital. Go out and meet some ham radio operators. Go where they meet. Meet the ones that you have similar interests. I mean, it's crazy. That one isolated guy can get this much notoriety, even outside of the amateur radio community. I'm going to post the original post I found on Hackaday. I will post a link to that in the show notes. I will post a link to this guy's really sad website. And you can read and determine for yourself how you feel about this. It's a whine about public service. And this is a guy that just wants to sit in his house and use the Internet to talk to people. Well... I, do, I use the Internet to talk to people every day. Uh, that's why I have a, a Samsung Galaxy, uh, what is that, S20, G20, whatever it is. And uh, I talk to people on the Internet every day. I do it on the DMR radios and stuff as well because, like I said, my operating situation is not where I can put up antennas. At the moment, I'm still working on it. I'm devising a, a sneaky plan. Now, I know this one's gone a little longer, and y'all probably would want more information on what this guy wrote, but we've really run long, and I do, I do, I want you to come over to the website, I want you to click through on the link, and I want you to go read this, because we need to have discussion about this. But the thing about it is, everything that's wrong with amateur radio these guys immediately blame it on public service. Public service, public service. You know, this is one of the things this guy says in here that, let's see, to be blunt, I'm talking about 
preppers and those solely interested in emergency communication. These are the ones that he's targeting in the first paragraph of this thing. Neither of which have any desire to explore ham radio beyond a disaster fetish in which they use their $25 Bofang HT to save the world. Now, that right there, <laughs> I've known a lot of public service guys. They're really not going to trust a Bofang. <laughs> I know that in my years of storm chasing, and that's part of it, in my years of storm chasing, that I was always on a Kenwood or an ICOM radio, and not a cheap one. I know that when I was doing other things, which are also public service, and that's what these guys miss, is that it's not all storm spot. It's not all, um, there's more to it. You know, public service, you get your public service, we're working a parade. All this stuff that we do to be ready for other stuff. And, you know, quite honestly, this guy apparently just had a bad experience. And sadly, he had to hand code this website. It, it has to be that way. And it, he put so much effort into this one article. And quite honestly, he's only got a couple articles. He's over on Mastodon where I am, and he's only posted three times in a year since he got on there. Uh, I don't hang around on the amateur radio subreddit because it gives me a headache. Quite honestly, this kind of thing is going to make him a big shot in the ham radio community. Everybody's going to be listening to what he has to say, and he ain't got nothing to say. Go out and do some public service. You know, I was talking about parades and bike rides and... I know I spent one night on the town square of Kaufman, Texas, handing out jugs of water, which we were coordinating via amateur radio, because one of the major water lines coming into the area around Kaufman had been damaged by a backhoe, and there were a couple thousand people that didn't have drinking water, and we were on the square handing out jugs of water fast as we could get them cars through. That's the whole thing. We were helping man uh, communications at shelters around the city of Maybank, Texas, after a tornado came across Cedar Creek Lake and destroyed a bunch of homes, businesses. I used to have a picture where the winds were so high it took one of the awnings over the gas pumps at a gas station that were on steel angle iron and folded it over until it was laying on the ground. That's one of the reasons we're in public service, and it's not all chasing storms. They just get the headlines. So now I've rambled. It's been a long time since Richard just sat there and rambled, I think, maybe. And I've tried to spin this in the most positive light possible. Unfortunately, it's still beyond me how this guy, and he says he came into amateur radio in 2006 and he got off there about 10 years later and then he just recently come back we all take hiatuses but i don't see how this one article could spread like wildfire in the amateur radio community and even the hacker community which is mostly linux guys hmm. where i'm concerned you know 
I helped start a show about Linux and amateur radio. I had a small part in that, and it's still around today, and they've never stopped embracing the hacker community, and they've never really stopped embracing amateur radio. And I, y'all thought I was finishing up a while ago. Well, I do need to finish up. So, with all of that, please take the time, go to the website, rfpodcast.info. If you'll click on this episode, it'll take you to the page for this episode. I'll make sure that the links are available so y'all can go check it out. And quite honestly, now I'm looking forward to probably four hours of editing this bad boy because... It's about twice as long as they normally are. So with that, go out and preach the gospel of amateur radio. Let me know if you can help us out. Now, we call the people that help us staff. I'm staff. Everybody's staff. And we could use a lot of help. Social medias, voiceovers, show notes, just all kinds of stuff. All you have to do is say, hey, how can I help? And we'll figure out a way. Y'all try and get over and uh, click through the Amazon link. Y'all get over and, uh, I don't know, drop us a dollar. If any of these episodes have done anything for you, they're worth a dollar. Dollar U.S., kids. But one more thing I want to mention before we go that doesn't have to do with our main topic is that we have actually developed, redeveloped, a huge following overseas. Well... South America too, but overseas, uh, United Kingdom, uh, most of the countries on the continent, even areas of Asia are really on board with what we're doing here, whether it's Resident Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, or it is Richard's Radio Adventure. And I'd like to thank all of y'all, yeah, Texas, all of y'all, for taking the time to listen to us. So with that... Come visit us on the Discord server. Come visit us on the website. Come visit us on Facebook, MeWe, uh, all the other normal culprits. And I'm really needing those opening and closing voiceovers. So, ladies, while it's time to step up, if you like to talk on the radio or at least a microphone, well, I got something you can help me out with. So, with that, for all you folks, Y'all take it easy, go out, enjoy yourselves, operate the radios, get out and get some fresh air, and make sure more than anything else you spend plenty of time with your family. And we will talk to y'all next time. 7-3 everybody. We gotta go.